Israeli and foreign policy analyst uh, Rula Jabril. I interviewed her several years ago. Uh, this is one smart woman who really understands foreign policy. She's an Israeli. She points out what the solution is to solve the Palestinian-Israeli issue. The problem is right now is that with Netanyahu in power, it's an impossibility. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has said that Israel does not want to occupy or govern Gaza, but it sounds like that could be the plan with the Israeli leader refusing to let Palestinians govern Gaza once this war ends. I think that the only force right now that can guarantee that Hamas, that uh, uh, terrorism is not does not reappear and uh, take over Gaza again is the Israeli military. As far as the civilian management of Gaza, we need to see uh, the following two things. Gaza has to be demilitarized and Gaza has to be de-radicalized. Mm -hmm. And I think so far we haven't seen any uh, Palestinian force, uh, including the Palestinian Authority, that is able to do it. All right, joining us now, award-winning Palestinian Israeli journalist and foreign policy analyst, uh, Rula Jabril, to talk more um, about this. So we essentially just heard the prime minister saying indefinitely they want to secure Gaza after this war is over, whenever that end comes. They have no confidence in the PA. They have no confidence in Mahmoud Abbas, despite the fact that Secretary of State met with and shook hands with in Ramallah with Mahmoud Abbas just over 10 days or so um, ago. What do you make of that? To me, that sounds like a reoccupation of Gaza. It is a reoccupation of Gaza. But this been Bibi Netanyahu's policies, not only for Gaza, mm. even for the West Bank, the occupied territories and for East Jerusalem. This has been his policy, his stated policy for decades when he even when he talked off video and on video about what's his policy and strategy for the West Bank, he always said Israel will over will always oversee militarily mm -hmm. the West Bank. And so basically he's talking about reoccupying. We have videos of soldiers saying resettlements. We have ministers from this government, the most far right government in the history of Israel saying, you know, we need ethnically cleansed Palestinians, minister after minister saying we need a second Nakba. They're implementing their coveted strategy. And it is astonishing that the only people who doesn't hear what he's saying is the Biden administration. And Bibi Netanyahu himself, you know, one of the things well, that we forget- they're not hearing it or it's just putting them in a very difficult position and they're unsure they how to approach it as of yet? Because we have heard the president repeatedly say, he wants a two-state solution. The Secretary of State did meet with Mahmoud Abbas. They wanted the PA to be a part of the governing of Gaza after this conflict um, is over. They have reiterated that. And it was just over the weekend, right, the prime minister came out and said, in fact, well, there's Israel one thing will, will is, essentially secure Gaza. So there's one thing about saying things and another thing is about doing them. The world, especially the global South, believe in facts, not words. The administration actually vetoed voted against a resolution two days after President Biden talked about two-state solution that uh, holds Israel accountable when it comes or end Israel's colonization of the West Bank and stop the settlements. So you cannot have it both ways. You can say, I am pro two-state solution and undermine every diplomatic effort 
to stop the settlements that is the major obstacle to a two-state solution. Bibi Netanyahu was the man that 30 years ago went to the streets and lobbied against another prime minister who talked to the Palestinians, Itzhak Rabin. He's the one that led the chant, never, never concede any territory. He's the one that, in a famous demonstration against Yitzhak Rabin, who deployed two policies, fighting extremism while negotiating and conceding territories. He's considered a traitor, Yitzhak Rabin, today because simply he talked to the Palestinian and tried, not on a perfect deal, the Oslo Agreement, but tried to talk to the Palestinians and do something beyond a military option. There, what he's offering is only a military option. There are many Israelis, there are Israeli analysts, former um, members of the Israeli government. I just spoke with Ambassador Elon Pincus, who believes uh, Netanyahu needs to go. Um, Israel cannot go forward with uh, Netanyahu as leader of that country. All that being said, though, uh, there is also this overarching belief that Hamas needs to go. They can no longer govern Gaza after what they did on October 7th. So what then is this? Who should be governing Gaza after this conflict is over in the eyes of the Palestinians? Look, there's multiple solutions, but the, the most important one is to look at America's experience in the war on terror. We cited what, you know, what, what the United States is doing today is putting on the table only one option. It's a limited military option. However, we remember in Iraq, you had hundreds of terrorist attacks a day. I was there as a correspondent yeah. on multiple occasions. And the only one, the only time we ended these kind of attacks is when you put on place a policy that ends subjugations of the Sunni, of the Iraqi Sunni. If you don't have that policy in place, which ending the subjugation of the Palestinian, giving them freedom, you will have another Hamas in place. Exactly, the Israelis understand that. In 1993, when they invaded Lebanon- the policy Lebanon, would be instituted by whom? The policy will have to be an international policy yeah. that be put in place. You had that in Lebanon in 2006, after the war between Hezbollah and, and, and Israel, what happened? You have an international body, the Unifil peace mission that was put in place and guaranteed that never be a full-blown war between Hezbollah and, and, and Israel. You have similar, you know, arrangement around the world. You had that kind of arrangement that General Petraeus himself put in Iraq that ended basically Al-Qaeda in Iraq and the attack went from 100 to zero within months. So without a political option on the table and ending Palestinian job subjugation and giving them freedom, I fear that we will be only planning for the second war and the second war and the second Hamas. I mean, that's what that, about those are the only things. war extending beyond the borders of Gaza and Israel because Hamas is now is now essentially threatening. And as we just talked to Courtney Kuby as well, yes. what is happening between these proxy wars, right? The Iran-backed militias. Um, you also have essentially Hamas threatening Hezbollah will fully enter the war um, if Hamas is eradicated from, from Gaza. What do you make of that? Look, uh, Nasrallah spoke clearly and he spoke about not wanting to be involved, but he said at something that about, at that time. But also he said the target is the, is the United States. Around the region and around the world, the fact that President Biden gave Israel $14 billion without conditionality, without even com you know complying with international law or America's law, the Leahy law that suggests that nobody should use that weapon to commit war crimes or violate human rights. The fact that there is no red line on how to use weapons, the fact that they are bombing hospitals and shelters and refugee camps, which President Biden called when Putin did that, called it a war crime. And in this case, they're basically ignoring it. Oh, we're not going to judge. Well, your role is actually to judge and to, to make sure that you, they are so complying with international law. So you think it's time the administration law. changes policy when it comes to Israel? 
not only to Israel, it's to save America's standing in the world, to save President Biden's legacy, and also the whole idea of rule-based international order, and not to jeopardize America's national security. Because what's at stake today is not only the survival of Palestinians in Gaza or Israel's security, but also America's How security. How should Israelis, though, reconcile the 14, the 1,200, the number has now been adjusted, the 1,200 Israelis that they lost in this terrorist attack on October 7th? How do they reconcile that? It is a horrific attack. And it is an atrocity and it's a war crime. And people who committed those war crimes need to be brought to justice. No doubt about that. Nobody is questioning that. What you're questioning is what can we do to prevent other attacks like this from ever happening again? Yeah. And the only way to prevent that is to listen to the security apparatus who are telling us for a year there's no military solution. There's only a political option to end this conflict. It's a political, it's a political conflict. You cannot end it militarily. You cannot kill an ideology. What you can do is address the underlying questions that feed these ideologies. Killing 12,000 Palestinians actually strengthens that ideology. Netanyahu did absolutely everything to avoid a two-state solution, including allowing the funding of Hamas to continue so that the Palestinian Authority could not come into power in Gaza. So if you really want to throw some blame as to why, how a terrorist organization like Hamas was successful in, in coming into Israel and killing 1,200 12, people, look directly at Netanyahu, who did not protect his people. And he did not protect his people because he emboldened and strengthened Hamas. So says Haratz, one of the major newspapers in Israel. Let's not let's not miss get allow them to steer us anywhere else. That the reason that uh, Israel must decimate uh, uh, Gaza, uh, murdering over fifteen thousand innocent civilians, it's because of what Hamas did. Well, if you're going to start assigning complicity, you better start assigning it starting directly from uh, Bibi. Netanyahu. That is one of the people right now holding that entire region hostage. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.